0: yeah thanks andrew we 're going to take a couple of minutes here and we 're going to just at the beginning of the year uh, talk about who's on staff at Mount Hope, not just here in Belmont but a- around uh, all our locations at mount Hope and If you don't have a communion cup and you would like to participate in communion, this is a great time uh, for us to go ahead and pass those out so uh, our ushers are going to be in the back they have these in a couple of minutes we're going to take communion together and uh, and if you don't have one, thank you, Ting. Unbelievable. This is Ting's role on the staff, set up stools and pass out communion. Uh, but we're going to we're gonna take this together in, in just a moment. So if we don't know each other, my name's Brian. I'm the pastor at Mount Hope uh, in Belmont here, and it's great to see you this morning. H- Happy New Year. We're glad that you're here in, in worship with us if you're newer to Mount Hope, uh, one thing that you may not r- recognize or know is is all the thing, all the people that are involved in leading Mount Hope. And we're only going to mention actually a few of them this morning, uh, and then and then we'll we'll continue to move on. We're going to give you a chance to know your Belmont Ministry staff a little bit more uh, this morning too, which I am which I am looking forward to as well. We're talking uh, this this. Uh, January about finding God's will for your life. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about how that's uh, impacted our staff over the last year and how, what we feel like God's calling us to do. But before we get to all of that, uh, here's, here's the team. Here's the team that, uh, that we have at Mount Hope. So at Mount Hope, we have an official board that's made up of two groups, all right? We have our elders and our elders are really charged with the spiritual care and oversight of the church and school. Mount Hope at large. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. So our elder board is uh, currently Avon Duncan, uh, Boomney Follier, they, they all attend in Burlington, our Burlington church location, uh, Vera Moglachurla, Dan Rakich, who's right here. Dan, you can raise your hand, there's Dan. So if you're ever like, I need to talk to a, a spiritual leader uh, within the congregation here at Mount Hope, Dan, or I need prayer, Dan uh, and his wife, Carmelina, who's right here. We'll talk more about Carmelina in a second. Uh, are great people to go to, and then Jay Titus is also on the elder board. So we have five elders. Uh, we believe that that board is going to grow as we go into the new year. That there'll be more elders uh, as we as we continue to go. On our deacon board, uh, the deacons are elected by the congregation. Elders are appointed. Deacons are elected. Deacon and deaconesses. And so right now on our deacon board, and the deacon board is charged with the oversight for finances uh, and all of those things uh, for the organization is Ron Cantalupo, And Mike D'Agostino is our deacon from Belmont. Mike, you go ahead and raise your hand. Mike loves being the center of attention. (laughs) Yes, big hand for Mike. Uh, Sade Follier um, is is, serving her second term on the deacon board. And then uh, a new deacon elected this year, Zenia Villa. Uh, who were very happy to have uh, Zinnia here. And you can pray for Zinnia and her family. Her grandmother went home to be with the Lord this week. Uh, so her family is, is mourning that, that loss, uh, but she is a fantastic addition uh, to our board. So that's our, that's our board at Mount Hope, overseeing the elders, spiritual side, deacons, finances. Then we have our ministry staff in Burlington. So there is a church location meeting right—well, not meeting right now because they meet at 9 and 1045— but meeting in Burlington, maybe just finishing up their first service. And our leadership in Burlington, Pastor Rick Piccarello is our senior pastor and leads that Burlington uh, location. Pastor Marvin Thomas is also on staff there uh, as the associate pastor in Burlington. James Gerard and his wife, Valentina, there lead our the youth group ministry, Ignite. They head up Ignite Youth Ministry. And James also leads the worship in Burlington. And Kathy Duncan has just begun over the last few months as the the kids adventure leader in Burlington, which is fantastic. Mount Hope also has an amazing school. We'll talk more about this in a moment. I just want to introduce you to that staff. Our principal is Elaine Driscoll. Vice principal is Truji, And elementary vice principal is Marina Manasian. But that's not all. You ready? Does ever, there's a test in a moment. All right. So if you make sure you have all of these. We also have some centralized people that are on staff that help with with all sorts of things like finance admin and facilities. We have people like Bernie Driscoll, uh, who's the head of our finance team, along with Pam Vialta. Liz Gerard is on our admin team as is Sylvana Frenny. now. That's a new one who attends here in Belmont normally. Uh, so I'd love to point her out. She usually sits right there, but uh, they're not here this morning. Uh, and then also Dave Libby is the head of facilities. Now that brings me, that brings me, to a pretty amazing team that's sitting in front of you this morning. So this is our Belmont ministry team, right? An amazing group of people. Uh, We have, uh, myself, I have the privilege of leading this location as pastor. Uh, Andrew uh, Barbarian and Rosemary Barbarian, who's sitting right back there, they co-lead the well uh, here. If you are in your 20s and 30s, you belong at the well. That's what I've been told, you absolutely do. And they lead the well ministry, have done a phenomenal job at that ministry over the last couple of years. And they also, uh, Andrew oversees discipleship and some other things here uh, at Mount Hope. And Andrew, there's something big happening with the well soon. Tell us what's happening with the well. We are having
1: a game night this month. That is big. Our January game nights are legendary.
2: Yeah. They're they're
1: the thing of legend. Uh, We're going to be meeting here um, in a few weeks on a Sunday evening. Rosemary, do you have the date? I don't have my phone. Next Sunday night. Next Sunday night uh, here, we're going to have pizza and uh, drinks and stuff. We're going to be playing Jackbox games. Would you have ever played those? They're tons of fun. Um, But you can talk to me or Rosemary after the service. We'd love to get you all those details and hope to have you there. Totally free. Tons of fun.
0: You say Jackbox games, and I just picture everyone sitting around winding something until something Way more fun than that, way more fun than that. All right, all right, maybe we'll come check it out. Uh, And so it's Andrew, and then we have, so Justin Joseph, who is on our teaching team uh, and also in charge of our Start Lunch and Base Camp. Start Lunch is, is, if you're newer to Mount Hope, If we, it's an opportunity for us to get to know each other. We go out to lunch right after church together and Justin uh, organizes and leads that whole event. There is a start lunch three weeks from now on January 29th. And if you haven't been to a start lunch, we would love for you to join us for lunch right after church. If you have children, they're welcome too to come. And that connect card right there in front of you or that code you can scan is a great way to sign up for the start lunch. One of the things that God's been doing, and those of you who have been around here for a while know that Justin is an incredibly gifted communicator of God's word. And one of the things that God's been doing in Justin's life over the past couple of years is giving him opportunities to travel and speak at Christian conferences. And he's embracing those, which I think is awesome. And so this weekend he's in New Jersey and he is preaching this morning. So we're gonna be praying for Justin as he's, as he's doing that. His family is in the back here with us. Uh, but Justin himself is in New Jersey preaching and teaching God's word, which is awesome. So that's Justin who's not with us this morning on stage. Melissa D'Agostino is our, our kids adventure director and does an amazing job for the last seven years, over seven years, leading that ministry. Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? Um, And so Carmelina Rakic is uh, leading our worship team here in Belmont. And as you know, does a phenomenal job leading that team and has been leading it for over two years now, right? Over two years, which is awesome. And Ting, there at the end, is, uh, is he oversees actually some things you may not know about Ting. He oversees all of the media and the media teams that, that serve on Sunday mornings. Ting puts all of that together, which is greatly appreciated. He puts stools on the stage and hands out communion cups to the staff. Uh, he also oversees our Ignite youth group here in Belmont, which right now mostly consists of a middle school group that meets on Sunday mornings and will be leaving soon. Uh, to go and meet. Uh, but Ting does a phenomenal job with that and is planning on hoping that the Lord will use him to grow our youth ministry here in Belmont. And Ting, the youth group has something coming up. What does the youth group have coming up?
2: Well, for those of you who are 5th graders to 12th graders, uh, we have an amazing retreat happening on the 20th to the 22nd. So there's going to be that one Sunday where all of the students will be missing and you don't have to worry why we're in a <laughs> retreat in New Hampshire. More information will be found on the website at mounthope.org slash so if you're a parent who is interested in considering bringing your child, and if your child is interested, we'd love to have you join us. And come to me especially for any questions. Again, it's on the 20th to the 22nd of January. So we'd love to see you there. There's a QR code right there. So if you want to have your phone really quickly out, uh, scan that QR code. If not, mounthope.org slash ignite is the website to go to.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you, have a, if you have a student in middle school or high school, these weekends are an amazing time. For God to work in your student's life, in your child's life. Uh, Lori and I have seen that leading those weekends. I've seen it in my own life, being a participant in those kind of weekends growing up. Uh, So I'd I'd encourage you, uh, if you have children in that age range, to be a part of that weekend together. Now, before we go, we're gonna do something hopefully that's a little bit fun. Um, Andrew has hidden somewhere some some uh, facts, or I guess they're gonna be on the screen, some facts about the five people that are sitting up here. And it is, just, si- just, oh, Justin give a fact too. So there's yeah. six people, Justin. All right, so you have to try to match the fact with the person, all right? This is your goal as a congregation. <laughs> if you get it right, there are no prizes, all right? <laughs> but you have the satisfaction of figuring this out, okay? So I have an idea, Andrew. Let's, why don't you run through them all, okay. run
1: through all the facts, and then we'll go back to the top, okay. and, and people can guess who they think it is. All right. right. Remember, the five of us plus Justin. So you, just because he's not here, you want to be thinking about it. So the first fact, guess who almost died on a transatlantic flight? All right. So you hold that one. It's an interesting one. Yeah, next one, next guess one. who never played sports in high school but was the lead in multiple musicals? All right. Some good options there. Uh, guess who writes with both hands but prefers their left and who throws with both hands but prefers their right. All right. Next one, guess who loves listening to Christian heavy metal music, if that even is a thing.
2: <laughs> the next
1: one, guess who kayaked in the ocean during jellyfish season. I'm sure All there's right. a story with that. And then the last one is, guess who worked at a fishing store for their first job. All right, All right let's, let's back up to the first one. Guess who almost died on a transatlantic flight? Who, who here, ju- you, could just, you could just shout it out. Let's see, who do you think?
2: T- <laughs> unanimously
1: <laughs> ting. ting, unanimously Ting. ting. <laughs> Justin? Anybody else? I'm hearing some other, um, other voices. It Was it me? It wasn't me. It was actually Carmelina. Was it you? I thought it was Justin. Wait, what happened? Uh, A uh, a villainous Brazil nut uh, tried to take her life. It was... It went through the engine? (laughs) Exactly. Oh no, you had Oh gosh. Never mind.
0: Carmelina is allergic to to
1: Brazil nuts, in case anybody... Yeah. I know. An allergy to Brazil nuts. Guess
0: who's not very smart?
1: Okay, second fact. Guess who never played sports in high school, but was the lead in multiple musicals? If you know it for sure, you can't answer. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Melissa, we got a guess from Melissa. Anybody else? Ting? There's a lot of musical people up on this stage. Okay. It was, who was it? Yeah, that's me. That's right. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. My high school was different. All the cool kids were in drama. <laughs> right. And all the nerds were athletes. Yes. Yeah. Keep, yeah. keep, you keep
1: telling yourself that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: I was Joseph in Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That's amazing. That's, That's awesome. That's really cool. The videos have all been burned, but I will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, next one. Guess who writes with both hands but prefers their left and throws with both hands but prefers their right? There's some kids in the back who I'm sh- I think probably know. If you look back there, you might get th- it. Might- all right. All right. The kids have spoiled the surprise. It's, it's Justin. Justin. A man of, of multiple. Uh, Many talents. Multiple handed talents. Very cool. Very cool. All right. There's the next one. Guess who loves listening to Christian heavy metal music? <laughs> Ting. I think it's Sting too. No, it's me. That's me. Yeah. I do. If you want any recommendations, come find me. I'll, I'll, I, got, I got some stuff for you. <laughs> uh, and it is, and it, is, it is a thing. I know some people find that uh, sort of a, a weird combination, but it's, it's beautiful in some ways. Uh, if you look really close. <laughs> All right, next one. Guess who kayaked in the ocean during jellyfish season? You guys sniffed that one out pretty quick. That was sting. That was sting. Did you get stung?
2: No, but I, I, got, uh, I saw two of my friends got, getting stung right in front of my eyes. As I w- it was an expedition on the ocean, so. Crazy. That's crazy.
1: But you made it out on skate. That's cool. Skate.
2: All right. And if you've uh, been paying attention, you might be able
1: to get this one pretty easy. Guess who worked at a fishing store for their first job? Yeah. Melissa. Awesome, awesome. Bass Pro Shop, or was it um, like a family? A smaller family Family house place. Those can are the, you those picture are the best. Melissa
0: counting night crawlers? Like I, I can't even picture that. <laughs> she, just, like, she said she had to count out the night crawlers uh, for people. Scoop the minnows. <laughs> it, it's hard for me to picture. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Uh, cool. Well, thank you guys for doing that with us. That was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. We have a pretty amazing uh, group that God has called, not just to, to lead in our church locations, uh, but to be a part of the family here. And before, before we dismiss, one of my favorite things to do as a family is to come to the table together and to take communion, uh, to remember who our God is and what he's done through Jesus Christ. I'm gonna talk a little bit more in a moment about some of the things that God has done over the past year among our leadership and behind the scenes at Mount Hope and where we feel like God is leading us in the future. And one of the things that has come out of the past year is as a staff and, and as leadership, we've actually prayerfully, um, and some people that are sitting in the room right now uh, who aren't on stage were really, really helpful in this. We prayerfully uh, refined our mission statement. Our mission statement is something that, that in some ways had been, had been borrowed from the people that were here before us, but it had been a while since we'd really come together with those of us who are here and say, what, what is God calling us to do? Why are we here? What is our goal on Sunday mornings and throughout the week? And so this is where we felt like the Lord led us in this mission statement, that we at Mount Hope, and not just we, your leadership, we, you who are a part of Mount Hope, this is why you exist. This is why we exist and come together, that we exist to grow in our love and knowledge of Jesus Christ and to lead others to do the same. Those seem like simple words, but we've spent weeks and weeks and months praying and asking the Lord what words that He was calling us to use. You know, Jesus in Scripture said that there's two great commandments, and the first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And out of those, we, we felt like this is what God's calling us to do, that we exist to grow in our love and knowledge of Jesus and then to disciple and lead other people to do the same. And that's what we're praying that God will help us do, help you do together with us. As we come before the communion table today and we have these elements, I'm reminded of the words that the apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. He said this, he said, "'For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you.'" That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you haven't already, would you open up the side of your cup that has the bread? And let's partake of the bread together, remembering Christ's body given for us. In the same way, Paul writes, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then Paul writes, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's partake of the cup together this morning. Father God, we thank you at the beginning of this new year, for this family and for the people that you have brought together to be a part of Mount Hope and a part of this mission to grow in our love and knowledge of you and to help others do the same. And God, we pray. We pray that the truth of what has been done in and through Jesus Christ for us, that by his shed blood, our sins have been forgiven, that by his, his stripes, we are made whole and that we are healed the truth that the Holy Spirit dwells within us and is making us more and more like Jesus Christ every day, that that truth that is celebrated as we eat this bread and drink this cup would lead us to go and live lives that you call us to live. God, thank you for all that you're going to do in and through us. Thank you for the grace and mercy that's been poured out on the cross on our behalf. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, can you thank this ministry team uh, that's up here on stage this morning? All right, and with that, our children. Mrs. D'Agostino, you can follow her like the Pied Piper down to your classes. If you're in kindergarten through fourth grade, uh, you can go with, with um, Melissa. And then Ting here, who is finishing his duties as the stool mover, Uh, if you're in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, or eighth grade, uh, Ting will meet you in the back, and you guys can head off toward your class as well. Well, if you want to grab a Bible in the row in front of you, or if you'd like to open up your... Uh, phone or app or whatever you use talk, uh, to look at Scripture. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 1 verse, verse 9 here in just a moment. In just a moment. But as we get into this, this new year, uh, I, hope that, I hope that many of you were able to watch the service that we, we put online last week. We weren't here in person. Uh, we liked to at the, at the Sunday after Christmas give our staff and volunteers a week to recoup and recharge for the new year. And so here we are now in person, and I hope you were able to watch uh, the service last week because we talked about this new sermon series that we're going to be in through the month of January. And talking about if you're to look at 2023 and try to figure out what is God's will for your life this year, how do you go about doing that? How do you go about figuring out what God's plan is for you and I said this last week on the, on the service. Some of us sit here, and I think that, that we can think to ourselves, even though we're followers of Jesus and we're Christians, well, God does have plans for people, but he has plans for people that end up standing up on stages, and people that go around the world, and people that lead Bible studies. Like, that's who God has plans for, and I'm, I'm just kind of here to observe all of that and, and hope that, you know, I'm, I'm doing the right thing by being here in church, and I want you to know as we begin this new year that God God has something that he wants to do in your life. And it's something that no one else can do. It is unique to you. Because you're the only person in this room that has your family. And you're the only person in this room that has your coworkers. You're the only person in this room that has your neighbors. And God has something that he wants to do in and through you this year that is unique to you. And the question is, how do you go about figuring that out? How do you go about figuring that out? And I think so often when we think about trying to to figure out God's will, we end up doing something that I think happens in businesses and and, and other places. When you're trying to figure out your life, someone will say something like, well, let's blue sky this thing. Let's just take a blank whiteboard. And let's say if nothing existed and there were no constraints, what, what would you wanna do with your life? And then we say to ourselves, well, these are the things that I would really like to do. And we write all those things down and we come up with a list. And then we say, okay, God, these are the things that I wanna accomplish or I wanna do for you. These are the things I'd like to see happen in my life and my family. Now, would you bless these things and make them happen? And I just don't think based on my experience and what I see in scripture, that's that's how God's will is revealed in our lives. In fact, I've tried that before. I have as many times in my life and in ministry sat down and said, okay, these are the things I'd like to accomplish. These are the things I would like to do. And then I write them all down. I put them in a journal. I put them up on a whiteboard. And then I start to pray and I say, okay, God, these are the things I feel like I want to do. Would you come and would you make them happen? And every time I approach it that way, it never quite goes the way that I hope. In my life, and I think if we look in Scripture, we see God's will being revealed somewhat differently. And when I look at my life and I, and I see how God reveals what He wants to do in and through me, and when I look at other people's lives and I see in and how God wants to use them and, and reveals how, how God's going to use them, it's, it follows a similar pattern, and that is... If you want to know what God's going to call that person to do in the future, then you need to look back and pay attention to what God has already done in the past. If you wanna know what God's gonna call people to go and do in the future, you need to take a look back and figure out what God has done in their lives in the past. That's how I see God revealing his plan. And I think one of the places in Scripture where this is seen uh, most clearly it is in the life of David. Everyone remembers uh, the David, even if you're not very familiar with the Bible. Perhaps you've heard of the story of David and Goliath. It's a story that gets used in sports and other places and business to talk about the underdog who takes down the giant. But I'd like to think about that story for just, just quickly for a moment. Do you remember that story? David, the young shepherd boy, the youngest and smallest of his brothers, goes to the battlefield where his brothers are lined up as a part of the Israelite army. And on the other side of the hill, there's the Philistine army and they're getting ready to do battle. And just like you see in the movies, right? The armies line up on either side of the valley and then down in the valley, the, the uh, Philistines had placed their great warrior, Goliath. This giant of a man. And the call went out let's not fight army against army, let's just do this one on one. You send a warrior, if he beats Goliath, wear yours. Goliath beats him. You're ours. And no one had the guts to go down. So David comes and visits his brothers. And he brings them food um, to to his brothers on the battlefield to see how things are going. If you're familiar with VeggieTales, he brings them cheese stuffed pizza. All right. I'm not sure that's what he brought, but that's how VeggieTales uh, does it. So David shows up on the battlefield and he brings this food to his brothers. And he says, Why isn't anyone going down and fighting the giant? And they say, um, because we're not crazy and we don't want to die and lose this battle for everybody. And David says, I'll go do it. I'll go do it. And you know how this story gets preached? You remember the story? David picks up five smooth stones and he puts one in a sling and round and round and round and round and round and round and round, right? And he fires this sling, this stone out of the sling. And here's how I've always heard this sermon preached growing up in Sunday school and everything else. It's almost like it was a million to one shot. That David let that stone go out of the sling and like five little angels all gathered around the stone and they moved it around and then they brought it right to Goliath's forehead. And the giant fell over and it gets preached. There's a giant in your life. All you have to do is have faith that God's gonna direct that stone. Million to one shot. But that's not why David had confidence. When Saul tells him he can't go fight, when the king tells little David shepherd boy that he can't go fight the giant, the giant. Why does David have confidence? Does anyone remember? What's that? The lion and the bear, right? Does anyone remember that part of the story? He says, listen, I've been out in the field. I've been out in the field. And God sent a there was a lion that took one of my my sheep. And I went and I tracked down the lion. I defeated the lion with my bare hands. God gave me victory over the lion. And then a bear did the same thing. And God gave me victory over the bear. So the same God that gave me the victory over the lion and gave me the victory over the bear is going to give me the victory over this giant. And even more than that, David's been sitting out in the field, taking care of sheep with his sling for years. And I don't know what the ancient equivalent of hitting tin cans off a fence post is, but he's been doing that over and over and over again. If you look in Judges chapter 16, chapter 20, verse 16, you look in the book of Judges chapter 20, verse 16, it references that there's an army among the Benjaminites that have 700 left-handed slingers. And it says that every single one of those slingers can hit a target within a hair's breadth. Meaning... They could, if they could pick out a hair on your head, Bill, and they could stand there with their sling and they could just hit that, that hair. I was reading an article uh, from National Geographic from 2017, and a German researcher had done research on ancient slingers and the projectiles and how fast they would have been going and how accurate they would have been. He said that the force of the stones coming out of the slings is equal to that of a 44 Magnum pistol. David saw a slow, lumbering, nine-foot person who had a giant sword that couldn't even, could never reach him with his sling. He saw a God that gave him victory over a lion and a bear. And because of what God had done, he was confident in what God was going to do. I think about the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians. And he writes this letter to the church in Philippi. And right at the beginning, he says, I thank God. He thanks God for the people in the church in Philippi. And I love that prayer. And as he's going through and thanking them for their partnership in the ministry and telling them that God's going to continue the good work that he's started in them, he says this in verse nine. He says, it is my prayer, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. If I have one prayer for our church this, this year, this is the prayer. That our love might abound, abound more and more in knowledge and all discernment so that, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and praise of God. One of the things that I hear in that prayer is is Paul saying, listen, this is my prayer for you. My prayer for you is that you would so grow in your knowledge and depth of insight, that you would so grow in your understanding of who God is and what he's already done, that you would be able to know what to do. If you're looking for what God has for you this year, and you want to know what's coming ahead, I want to encourage you. Start paying attention to what God has already done in your life. Let me tell you how this has played out a little bit at Mount Hope over the past year. I said last week, I said last week that that if you want to figure out what God's will is for your life, that you should look at a few things. That you should look at the gifting that you have. That you should pay attention to burdens God is giving you that you should pay attention to God's voice, and then you should look for the opportunities God's providing. And as I thought about it in this framework, as as I thought about it in this framework for this Sunday, it occurred to me that when we talk about gifting and burden, we're talking about looking back at the things that God has done, just like we're talking about with David. David knew that he could take on on the giant because of what had happened with the lion and the bear. And then God's voice and opportunity. Is all about looking forward. Something happened, and I don't know if any of you felt it, but as the leadership uh, at Mount Hope, we felt it. My guess is you felt this this, um, phenomenon in, in other places in your life. I don't know if you felt it here at Mount Hope, but as the leadership, we definitely felt it. During the COVID pandemic, as leaders at Mount Hope, we had to retreat to our areas of ministry in order to help them survive. It wasn't that long ago that you were registering for services if you wanted to be in this room on a Sunday morning. It feels like a long time ago to me, but calendar wise, it really wasn't that long ago. And for a couple of years there, The leadership of our school, if you're new to Mount Hope, Mount Hope has a school, a private Christian school in Burlington that has about 350 students in it. The leadership of our school, the leadership of our Burlington church location, and and your leadership of this Belmont location, we really had to retreat to our areas of ministry we're so used to working together. And here we went off for two years to just help keep these things going and do what we could to make sure that they survived this peace. And when we came back together last year, it was tough. It was hard. There were some things that I think had been, had been underneath and how we were organized and how we were running uh, that just got amplified. Uh, during COVID, I don't know this happened. Maybe it happened in your business. Maybe it happened in other things that you're a part of where you came out, you're coming out of COVID still uh, for some of you in your, in your work and you're starting to notice things that might've been there before, but now it's just, it's becoming glaringly obvious where you need more help, where things need to be readjusted and, and things like that. So we came out of this, of this period and we had to ask ourselves some questions. Namely, what is it that God wants us to do as Mount Hope? What is it that God wants us to do at Mount Hope? And so we began a process last year of doing exactly what we're challenging you to do. And that is to look at our gifting, our burden, and God's voice. And I want to take a couple of minutes to share this with you, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit more about what I think that means for our church. Let's go back if we can to that, to that gifting slide. When we started to take a look at Mount Hope, here's what, we, here's what we have. We have two amazing church locations. I thank God for this church. It's been a little bit over seven years and it's, it's phenomenal all that God is doing and has done. I think about people that are up on this stage Melissa 7 years as our kingdom adv- our kids adventure director and pouring into the children here at this church. And you think about looking back to so look forward. Melissa was a public school teacher for many many years and is still a teacher at Lexington Christian Academy for 6th graders. It's exactly how God reveals his will. Someone who spent her life and her education getting ready to lead children then coming and leading children here. And so in these great church locations, God is at work and he's doing some great things. We also have a pretty amazing school, an incredible school that has grown to over 350 students, as I mentioned. And one thing that we've been noticing is that coming out of COVID, more and more people are looking for private Christian education. And we have a pretty amazing group of people. That's the gifting here at Mount Hope. That's what we have. And so we started to think about the burden. And the burden that God has placed on our hearts in talking to our elder board and our deacon board, all those people that that I showed you earlier, the staff, is that we're convinced of a couple of things. One, we're better together. We asked God, is it time to go our separate ways? Should we have a church in Belmont, a church in Burlington and a school? And God said, no. No. You're better together, and we are fully convinced that God wants to use us to reach more people. We're fully convinced that God wants to use you to reach more people for Jesus. Let me tell you what else we're really burdened with, and this has become so clear over the last year. I've been around Mount Hope for twenty years. And Pastor Rick has been around, Pastor Rick, our senior pastor, Burlington leader, has been around many more years than that. And one of the things that's always baffled us in Burlington, and baffled us as a church, is we have these awesome people that are attending the church. We have an amazing staff, and yet it's always been a real challenge to grow the number of people that we had attending our church at any one time. And we did every single Uh, thing that we could think of over the years to try to get more people. If there was a 40-day campaign, we ran into Mount Hope back in the day, trying to say, how could we, how can we grow this ministry and reach more people? And we've watched other churches around us that grow bigger and reach more people, and it just never was our plan. And when we look back at what God has done, Do you know how God used Mount Hope to reach more people? You're sitting in the room. This is what God did. After all those years of saying, how do we get more people to attend church in Burlington? God opened up the door for us to plant a church here in Belmont. And now we have two healthy, amazing congregations that God is using to preach the gospel. And we have a burden that we believe God has given us to do this again. And it's unique. It's unique. Because it's not often that you get church leaders in the room and they all agree and say to one another, We're, I'm okay if my thing doesn't grow the fastest. I'm okay not building one giant church of as many people as I can stuff into the building. Our services have gotten pretty full here on Sunday mornings towards the end of the year and some of you have asked, why aren't we going to two services? This is the reason. I feel like God is calling us to grow deep as a community and in discipleship so that we can reach more people for Jesus and growth is going to come as we move again. We're committed to live preaching. That's something that's unique to our burden. And I really feel, and this is my own personal opinion, that if the gospel is going to come more alive in and around the city of Boston, we need more healthy church congregations and more preachers. We don't need Less churches that are bigger listening to less preachers. Does that make sense? We need more healthy church congregations and more preachers in neighborhoods. Part of this burden is every time I drive through a town center, there are two, three, sometimes even four buildings built for church that are empty. And it's not like Europe. They don't become museums. They're not worth making into museums. They become condos and restaurants. Here. Right across Waverly Square, there was a big, huge congregational church. Part of the reason the town was so nice to us when we went to save this is because a couple of years before we got this building, that building was ripped down, and it's a whole bunch of nice, pretty townhouses now. That used to be the largest steeple in the town of Belmont. Every time I drive through town centers and I see these buildings with a group of people that can no longer maintain the structure, I feel a burden that God wants to fill those buildings again with the gospel being preached, people being saved, and the Holy Spirit at work. And I don't know exactly what that looks like. I don't know exactly where God's taking us, but I'm just trying to describe the burden that I feel and that we feel as your, as your leadership. So as a team, we started listening to God's voice and we felt like God was saying to us, you need to get ready. That's it. Take what you have right now and get it ready so that when I say to move and I say to go, you're able to move. We believe that God wants to grow our school. It's been the largest way we've been able to evangelize the people around us in our community. You don't have to be a Christian to come to Mount Hope Christian School. And we have so many families and so many children that come that are from different faith backgrounds, and their children are are beginning relationships with Jesus Christ because they're attending our school. It's our largest evangelistic outreach to our community, and we believe that God wants to grow it further. We also believe that God's going to open the door to another church congregation. I have no idea where it is, but we believe he's going to do it. And so God said to us, you need to start to get ready. I picture Noah building the ark before there's ever rain. God didn't say, hey, do you feel the rain on your face, Noah? You better start building a boat. God said, build the boat so you're ready. And I feel like that's what God's calling us to now. So this week at Mount Hope, some of us are moving into new roles. We just talked about our staff. Some of us are moving into new roles. And I want to just very quickly um, tell you what those roles are. Pastor Rick will still be our senior pastor at Mount Hope, and he'll also be the Burlington teaching pastor, continuing to do uh, most of the teaching and preaching on Sunday mornings in Burlington. I'm going to move into a role that's, that's called the executive pastor role at Mount Hope. And I'll tell you in a, in a minute exactly what that role looks like. But I'm also going to remain the Belmont teaching pastor. Part of my, through this whole process, I have felt like God has me here and I want to be here. But Pastor Marvin Thomas in Burlington and Andrew Barbarian, who you saw earlier here in Belmont, are going to take on larger responsibilities within the lives of our church locations. Uh, um, and I'll tell you exactly what that looks like, again, too, in a moment. But Pastor Marvin is going to be the Belmont location pastor, and Andrew is going to become our Belmont location leader here in this, uh, in this location, something that I'm really excited about. Here's what the senior pastor does in this new structure. The senior pastor, Pastor Rick, is going to provide pastoral oversight to the leadership of Mount Hope and ensure all Mount Hope locations, church and school, equip saints for the work of the ministry. Do you know what we realized coming back from COVID? We have a senior pastor, and he he was really just working in our churches, church locations. And our school was kind of left on their own. Our school needs a pastor. A thousand people with the parents in that school. They need a pastor. The staff needs a pastor. The teachers need a pastor. And so part of Pastor Marvin taking on more, uh, more responsibility in Burlington frees up Pastor Rick to really pastor the whole of Mount Hope. The executive pastor role that I'll be stepping into, the executive pastor works for strategic alignment and agreement across church and school leadership as to how Mount Hope will move forward in our mission. If we look at our gifting, Pastor Rick and my gifting, and we've been working together for 20 years, so we know each other, I'm very strategic focused, very organizational in my thinking. Pastor Rick is very pastoral. He's an awesome shepherd. And so I'm going to step in to be able to use some of those gifting that that we believe God has given me in order to to uh, gain agreement and alignment as to how we're going to move forward together and grow. Pastor Marvin, as the Burlington location pastor, provides pastoral and spiritual care to the congregation and staff at Mount Hope's Burlington Church. And Andrew, here in our location, right, will provide spiritual and operational leadership to the congregation and staff at Mount Hope's Belmont location. So there's been many things practically that over the the years, if you wanted to start a ministry, if you wanted to ask questions about what we're doing here on a day-to-day basis, you would come to me. Andrew and I are gonna work very closely on those sorts of things. So Andrew becomes someone that you can go to as well. There might be questions there, but we'll, we'll take those at a different time. You can talk to us after the service. Here's the last piece that I wanna share with you this morning. We are hiring a new position and we're hiring a director of operations. We need someone in our organization that can help us with things like facilities, finances, IT, HR, all of those support type structures within Mount Hope. I think ideally it's someone that, uh, I don't wanna limit it, but I think it's somebody that has some pretty significant experience in the business world, maybe has retired and is saying, all right, now I have some gas left in the tank and I'm ready to give back to Mount Hope Church in this way. We need help with this. We're pastors who went to seminary and we have a church, we have a staff of over a hundred full-time people between our churches and school. And we have, we, we need help in these areas. And so we're praying that God would provide the right person for that. So what's the opportunity? What is the opportunity? I don't know. I don't know. You know, one thing that's really changed in my thinking over the past couple of years is that I thought churches should do strategic planning just like businesses. That we should have a Q1 goal and a Q2 goal, that we should move forward. I said I'm strategic focused. I I don't know, my brain works that way. I've changed my mind on that. I don't think that's how churches should work. I think it works great for businesses. Do you know what helped change my mind? For four years, I felt like God was calling us to plant a congregation. And we prayed. Lori and I used to keep a journal, a prayer journal, praying about what God might do. If I had sat down and strategically planned, I never would have chosen 51 Lexington Street in Belmont. Never. I didn't even know 51 Lexington Street in Belmont existed. And after four years, the phone rang and the head of our district said, there's a building in Belmont, do you want it? And God answered. He provided the opportunity. And here we are over seven years later. So this is what we're doing. The same thing we did back then. Feeling the burden that God is giving us and getting ourselves ready so that when God said, here's the opportunity, we're able to to move. About 17 years ago, some of you in the room won't believe this, that it was that long ago. About 17 years ago, a little bit longer than that, our senior pastor at the time, a man by the name of Pastor Robert Crosby, now Dr. Robert Crosby, uh, and his wife Pam Crosby were leading our church at the time. Uh, they, they felt called down to Florida and so they left uh, being the pastor at this church and that's when Pastor Rick became the senior pastor at Mount Hope. Pastor Rick said some, or pastor Crosby said something in the, in the middle of a service right before he left and went to Florida that I, that I have always remembered. He said, "I had a vision. I had a vision the other day." And he said, "In the vision, I saw Mount Hope's around the city of Boston." I saw little dots on a map and each one represented them, represented like a a church or a school of Mount Hope. Do you know how I know, I, I remember that moment sitting there in the congregation in Burlington. Do you know how I remember it so clearly? Because he said that from the stage. And in my heart, I thought, that's a dumb idea. That's never gonna happen. What's he talking about? He's going to Florida. We have no senior pastor. And there's, there's not that many people in the room right now this morning. What is he talking about? That's how super spiritual I am, your pastor. I see it. I see it. There's three dots on the map. Two of them happen to meet in the same building, our Burlington location and our school. There's a dot here in Belmont. I really believe there's gonna be another dot on the map. Where someone from our team is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are being saved and discipled and growing in their knowledge and love of him. And it's a great thing to be a part of and I'm excited about it. Here's my question for you this morning, because this just isn't about our team and what we feel like God is calling us to do, and you're along for the ride. I want you to think about yourself this morning. There's no ask for money here. This is not a campaign type sermon. And I know this is a little bit different, but as your pastors, we, we needed to bring to you what God has been doing in our hearts over the last year. How does God want to work in your life this year? Like, what if you went through this whole process in your own life to take a look at what God had been doing, has been doing in the past and ask what that means for the future? What if you thought about this? What has God been doing in your life how is He preparing you for what's next? You might say to me, "Well, Pastor, my life—the uh, past of my life—is it's messy. There's no possible way that all that mess that God has used or God that has happened to me could be used in the future." Do you know what I think about when I think about that? I think about my wife's aunt. Her name was Ruth D'Agostino, and she passed away a number of years ago. Now, how long has it been? Twelve. Wow. Passed away 12 years ago. She was a pretty amazing person. For 16 years of her life, she was addicted to drugs and alcohol. Severe addiction. It wasn't pretty. It was messy. I feel comfortable talking about it because she talked about it. But God brought her out of it. Do you know what she did next? When someone walked into our church, when someone walked into Mount Hope and they were struggling with addiction, God used her in ways that she could never use anybody else. What God had done in bringing her through those 16 years, opened up the doors of opportunity for her to minister in ways that nobody else could. She had a radio program in and around the city of Boston where people would call in. She would pray with them, guide them as they were struggling with their own addiction. She had a group at the church that was called God Only Knows, where people could come confidentially into that small group for prayer and to to battle their addictions together, to, to battle with God as they were walking through those struggles. I'll never forget a couple years after, um, after Ruth died and God called her home, a gentleman at the church came up to me in Burlington and he said, he said, I need you to go to AA with me. And I said, okay. I said, is everything all right? He's like, everything's great. He said, I'm getting my, my, my 15 year token and I want you to be there. And I said, I said great, I'd love to come and support you in that. And he said, well, actually, I don't really want you there. He said, I'll tell you who I want there is I want Ruth there. Because I wouldn't be here at 15 years if Ruth hadn't been put in my life. But he said, you know, your wife's her aunt, her, she's your wife's aunt, so I guess you'll do. So I went and I accepted that token or I, I stood with him and I, and I was able to speak on behalf of Ruth in that moment. But don't look at your past and think it's too messy for God to use for the future. And I look around the room. And what God has done. And the people that he has brought together. He moved David and Shanna right across the street. I mean, literally right across the street from this church. And there they are sitting home in the balcony part of our church. Why? Why would he do that? I don't know, but he has something for us to do together. He brought many of you from around the world into this little room. Why? Why did he do that? Bring you from Europe and from South America and bring you from Africa, and bring you from, from all over the globe, from Asia. There's people from, from all over the place in this room. Why? I'm not quite sure. But he wants to use us to reach people for Jesus Christ. He wants to use us together. It's not just so we can be here for a while and kind of keep each other company. He wants to use you in some way to reach people. When I first moved to uh, Boston about, it's over 20 years ago now, I met a a student that I was attending seminary with named Andy D'Agostino. And he comes here on Sunday morning sometimes. He's not here this morning. And he's the one that eventually introduced me to my wife who is his first cousin. But I went to his birthday party. I went to his birthday party when I first came here. I didn't know anybody. It was like October of 2002. And there was a few people around the table you know who one of the people was around the table? Carmelina Frenny. Right here. Carmelina Rakic was around the table. One of the first people I met when I moved to Boston. And here we are over 20 years later, and she's leading worship in this church. It's amazing how God brings people together. Justin and Alain have tried to move out of this place more times than they can count. Trying to get back to New York, trying to get back to Philadelphia, and God won't let them go. Why? Why? Because he has something for us to do. Celia, when you were in Brazil, you sent that amazing video to our church that we played on Thanksgiving Eve. Where you were saying to people, listen, if you're in the situation I was in, trying to get to visit your family and it's not happening, just trust it. God's going to provide. And that was such an encouragement to people. But God used all of that struggle that you had gone through through all of those years then now to bless people and give you opportunity and burden in the moment. God wants to do it in and through you and in and through us. This is my prayer for you today. As our worship team comes, my prayer is that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. My prayer for you this year is that you will be able to look back at what God has done in your life and all that stuff that he's brought you through because he has something that he's going to do. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me as we prepare to close? We're about to sing this song, asking God to be our vision coming into the new year. And as we sing this song, I would encourage you to make this your prayer. That God would be our vision, be your vision. That God would reveal to you what it is that he's calling you to do. If you wanna know what God has ahead of you, look back at what he's already done. He's going to use it for his glory. thank you. I thank you for all that you have done in the lives of the people in this room. And Lord, I thank you for all that you are going to do in and through us as individuals and in and through us as a church. God, we want to see more people come to know you as Lord and Savior. We want to see more people call in the name of Jesus Christ and be saved. So God, help us to listen to your voice and to move forward in the way that you are calling us to move forward. And Lord, I pray for the individuals in this room, God, that you will continue to use them for your glory. Give us your vision, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together.